Chapter Eleven of Heroines of Travel by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By boat, wheelbarrow, and chair. In the letters which Miss Geraldine Guinness wrote describing her experiences in China, many interesting passages occur. This lady was attached to the China Inland Mission and made many journeys in that comparatively unknown land proceeding into the interior by boat she reached yangchan where she was carried through the city in a covered chair on the shoulders of strong coolies to her surprise there was not a street in the city more than twelve feet wide and some were only from four to six feet from side to side in fact the streets were so narrow in some places that there was scarcely room for her chair to pass in order to make themselves well acquainted with the customs of the people and to learn the language miss guinness and a miss reed travelled to sing kiang poo two other english ladies and a native christian lad accompanied them and they made the ten days journey in a boat on the grand canal the owner of the boat agreed to take the party the whole distance of one hundred miles for a sum about equal to a sovereign of our money the rate of speed was to be ten miles a day and the boat was to stop where required for religious teaching though usually heartily welcomed at various places on the route they were obliged to pass the long high turreted walls of kiosin a large city containing hundreds of thousands of persons as no foreign ladies had up to that time ever been seen in it from the canal they could see the crowded streets into which they dared not venture at certain points hundreds of men were seen hard at work repairing the banks of the canal most of these labourers came from a distance and made their homes in small boats which were moored by scores all along the banks of the stream in these cramped dwellings women and children were seen cooking and washing and performing other domestic duties the boats were quite open and the only shelter the poor people had was two or three grass mats at the end of the vessel many of the boats were two-thirds filled with mud to be used for the embankment and the whole family had to be satisfied with the small space left these workmen were not highly paid says miss guinness a hundred cash a day which comes to about fourpence seems to be the ordinary wage of these poor labourers how they live at all upon such a sum i cannot imagine yet they seem cheerful and thriving poor souls the natives of this region live in constant dread of the huang ho or yellow river which has been well named the ungovernable and the sorrow of the sons of han it brings down so much yellow earth from the mountains 
that it has raised its bed to a higher level than the country through which it flows only by means of embankments is it kept within bounds and when it bursts these it sweeps away towns and villages and devastates whole provinces nine times has this unruly river been known to change its course the men whom miss guinness saw so busy were preparing for the next flood which should come and even then she found that great anxiety was being felt for the water had already begun to rise the dilatory movements of the authorities were to her a matter of astonishment when they could not but know that only the slightest of barriers stood between the country and terrible devastation and loss of life after a short stay at sing Pu, miss guinness went to Antong this part of the journey was made in a wheelbarrow she was accompanied by miss macfarlane and the two ladies sat one on either side of the wheel under an umbrella and were pushed along by a coolie to persons who have lived in a country where even the steam engine scarcely travels fast enough to satisfy the busy time-saving inhabitants a wheelbarrow is certainly a primitive mode of conveyance yet in many parts of china it is the chief if not the only land carriage and the mainstay of chinese travel when they came to a river the travellers were ferried across barrow and all small towns and villages surrounded by fields of waving corn were passed so frequently that there was no feeling of loneliness on every side there were dwellings low thatched cottages in each of which lived three generations at least including sons and sons wives and children's children indeed there seemed to be no limit to the number of persons that could be accommodated in one small dwelling at length the wheelbarrow stopped at a farmhouse at Antong. entering by a wicker gate the ladies passed into an enclosed yard round which the buildings were ranged then they were led into a large dirty room in which there was no window the only opening for light and air being the door the floors and the walls were of mud and the sole furniture of the apartment consisted of one table two chairs and one or two small rough wooden forms though welcomed by the farmer some members of the family were afraid of their visitor's presence being made known in the neighbourhood were dangerous bands of robbers and it was thought that these men would make a descent on the place if it was heard that foreigners were lodged there new quarters were therefore found for a time and then a cottage was engaged at nang Kietzi. but before the ladies took possession of it the owner sent them word that he dared not let them have it for fear the mandarin would come and cut off his head 
so they stayed at the house of their farmer friend's brother who armed himself with a great iron bar for defence against the robber bands he nightly expected as these marauders were armed with knives which they did not scruple to use this formidable weapon was not unnecessary their host's house had already been attacked and stripped of everything even the clothing his family were wearing at the time was carried off after several wheelbarrow journeys to and from places in the neighbourhood miss guinness made a voyage in a chinese river steamer to the poyang lake wishing to get at the people she travelled steerage with some three hundred chinese the vessel was three stories high most of the chinamen had no cabins but simply slept on deck there were very few native women on board and the men spent most of their time lying down and smoking opium the passengers were all very friendly and willing to listen to the teaching of the strangers they were no doubt influenced in their conduct by the presence of europeans on board for the officers were english and among the passengers was a brother of the tsar of russia after this miss guinness made a journey in central china from hankow to honan part of the journey was made by water the boat being drawn by men instead of horses as in england in fact in that overcrowded country there is nothing so cheap as human labour the cost of living is so small and so little is paid for clothing that wages are very low the dwellings of the poor are also of the slightest description says miss guinness the huts were poor concerns enough merely grass mats with bamboo frames and some sort of thatch roof above standing on the sand they certainly had one advantage that of being easily moved while watching we saw one of these tenements apparently walking on a dozen legs over the soft sand no men were visible carrying it until it had walked quite down into the row of other huts and settled itself comfortably in its new surroundings and then six men walked composedly out from within and the flitting was done leaving the boat the traveller was again conveyed by chair through a very desolate part of the country which was then covered with snow in fact it seemed to answer the description so often given of siberia the first night was spent in a building which would have made a good-sized pigsty at home it was the granary barn living and sleeping room for the innkeeper's family and the guest chamber for better class travellers also says the lady to judge by appearances it might have been used as a dustbin and general receptacle for all refuse that could not well be thrown elsewhere for on the floor were heaps indescribable heaps 
during the following day crowds of natives gathered at the various halting places to see the traveller but though eager and curious they would not have anything to do with the stranger this unwillingness seemed to be to a great extent the result of fear on the second night the lady had to sleep in a room the loft of which was occupied by men there was no help for it and she had to shift as best she could while a dozen or twenty men passed freely through the apartment to the ladder which gave access to the upper quarters this was bad enough but next day even this poor accommodation was denied her the landlord of the inn in which she prepared to pass the night would not entertain them at all in a great fright he insisted on them moving to the next stopping place she had no choice but to re-enter her chair and in the driving snow and cutting wind make her way to the next inn it consisted of one room a shed by the roadside which was already occupied by a number of men here long reeds were used to make a partition and separate the women from the men on the other side of this slight wall the men lighted a fire in the middle of the floor and the whole building was so thickly filled with clouds of smoke that the traveller was almost stifled unable to remain inside she picked her way over the recumbent figures on the floor and remained outside in the piercing night air till the room was cleared of smoke several nights were passed in no better lodgings she was not only obliged to share the same room as the chair-bearer and other travellers but animals were lodged with them the natives indeed seemed to have no idea of comfort or cleanliness as to privacy of any kind that never entered into their arrangements they lived and ate and slept in public to european women it was one of the greatest trials they had to undergo never to be able to spend five minutes without being gazed on by the curious eyes of the natives and in the towns they simply did not dare to go about alone End of chapter eleven